Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Have you ever found yourself suffering from paralysis by analysis? Then you don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help you create a life worth living in your faith, family, and career. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined by special guest, Mike Simmons. Now, Mike has taken his experience from the corporate world, including working with the Walt Disney Company, and his expertise in his company, Catalyst Sales, to help us understand how to leverage his two-by-two process to make the best decisions for our own lives. So whether it's a career choice, a process at work, something at home, or something bigger than that, then this is definitely the episode you want to catch. So sit back, relax, grab a notebook and a pen, because here we go. All right. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Jerry, I am doing awesome. And we've had an amazing conversation just to get warmed up. And I'm (laughs) doing even better than I was doing when I woke up this morning. So thank you. Fantastic. For me personally, I got like 39 minutes of like free coaching and collaboration and uh, all for me, guys. You don't get to hear that episode. Uh, That that was just for me. Um, And I loved it. I was like, oh, yeah, we got to (laughs) record. So here we are. We finally hit record. And we're we're talking about Mike's life. Now, I had a a chance and an opportunity to be a guest on your show, uh, Find My Catalyst. And you had me share about my personal journey, uh, how I realized I was stuck in a rut in my career left my job uh, using my five F's and using my RUT uh, framework just in life in general to create a life worth living in my faith, family and career. And, you know, now nine months later, we got you on the show. I still haven't gone back to get a day job. And uh, this is this is the business I, I want to build and, and ho- hoping it succeeds. And if not, I mean, I'm in a field where I can easily go get a job at least part time and make things happen. But anyway, all that to say, thank you for being on here. And one of the reasons why we brought you on here is that as we were talking on your show, um, you had shared that we had some common, like some shared experiences in a sense where you yourself had gone through a rut in your life and career and, uh, and, and came out of it. And, and, and now you're thriving through your company and your business, helping other people get clarity in their lives and finding success in their career and their businesses and, and so on. So uh, that's why I wanted John here. And, uh, I guess we just dive right in. Like when was a time that you did face a rut in your life and career and, and how did you come out of that? Yeah. So super early on, and it was cool to read it in your, in your book, where you talk about uh, one of the common thing, one of the things that we have in common is uh, we've both given plasma for money. Yes, uh, at one point in our lives, <laughs> I was I was uh, one of those starving students at ASU, and um, yeah, I just I you, you come up with different ways to to make to get cash or make money and put things together, and you I, I don't I didn't realize. I didn't think about it again until after reading it in your book. I thought, you know what? When you get yourself into situations, sometimes you are, you need to be comfortable doing whatever is necessary in order to get through it. And if you don't do whatever is necessary in order to get through it, you're going to continue along. You're going to continue along that, along that path. Um, my biggest ruts have come from, and the story I'd like to share is, uh, my biggest ruts have come from when I've gotten stuck doing things that, um, need to be done 
but suck the life out of me, suck the energy out of me. And I was, uh, the, I, it was a, some work that I was doing with a client. And what I found was, um, I was more frustrated with internal meetings than, um, you know, internal leadership meetings than I, and because we kept talking about the same things, but never really moving anything forward. Yes. And I, I looked at it and I thought, well, okay, I'm part of this leadership team. I'm part of the problem. Why am I not able to help us get through this piece? And what I ended up doing is I ended up spending more time with clients and more time with people on my team because those things brought me energy. And when I would meet with the team, it would kind of suck the life out of me. So I tried to put some things in place to get better in that area and realized I couldn't. Um, I wasn't going to be able to lead lead within that team at a level that I would expect of somewhat of my you know, capability and experience. I've got a little bit of gray hair and some wrinkles and been fortunate enough to have some awesome experiences you know, both in the workplace and outside of the workplace. And ultimately what I had to, I had to decide, I'd make the decision to leave. And, you know, sometimes getting out of that rut is really more about making the decision to just step out of it completely rather than work your way, work your way out of it. Um, I wish I would have had a better framework at the time to be able to analyze where my challenges were because I would have realized how out of balance things were. And it would have been eye opening to me that it's time for me to step out. Um, I didn't, uh, have the framework other than feeling something's wrong here sucks the life out of me when I'm doing this. I'm driving my family nuts. I, I'm working myself to death and now it's time to move. So uh, in that instance, uh, I had to just had to pull the trigger and leave the organization because it wasn't a rut worth working my way out of. I literally just had to stop and, and step out of it. You know, a lot of us, you know, we don't realize we're stuck in that rut until that pain point is so great that we realize there's got to be more than this. There's got to be something better than this. Why am I spinning my wheels here? And and I was in a similar situation where I didn't really, like, I felt something was off. I felt something was wrong. This is my most recent rut that I had a few months back. Um, but it wasn't until my wife said, just quit your job. I want my Jerry back that I realized, wait, what? Uh, and then I went through that whole process that wound up becoming the Beyond the Rut book. And it was like, oh, I need to get out of here. You know, same thing. I, I just need to go. I need to pull the trigger, but I don't have another job lined up. I don't have a business that's like paying the bills, but I know one thing I need to get out of here. And something I say in my book is that that rut is not as deep as we think it is. You know, it's like that, that elephant in the circus that's trained to stay in place when it's got the, the rope around its, its ankle and the stake that's not even in the ground. Uh, that elephant's conditioned to stay put within yeah. the rope length of that stake. Not realizing, even if that stake was in the ground, it has the complete power to just uproot the stake and run through town and make the news. Uh, and, uh, and so it's good to hear that you, you had faced a situation where I guess all the leaders on the team were coming to different meetings together. It sounds like <laughs> it was like just a repeat every single time. And you're it, just like, it, it was, it was the biggest challenge that we ran into is we were constantly shifting direction. And you see mm. this happen inside organizations. So you get the, you have this capacity to find shiny stuff and you want to chase it. One of the things I've done since then, and I, and I don't know why it didn't come, wasn't clear back then to start 
to to look at it this way. But two by twos have always have been important to me. They're a staple uh, for me. And one of the most common two by twos or familiar two by twos is the Eisenhower matrix. And it's basically you're looking at a task that you're working, a task, a thing to be done. Uh, as, on one axis, it's important. It's either not important or it is important. And on the other uh, axis, it's uh, urgent. It's either urgent or it's not urgent. And Eisenhower used this as a way to determine, should I do something? Should I decide whether or not to do it? Should I delegate it to somebody else or should I stop doing it? And you can look at Eisenhower matrix and Covey talks about it in seven habits. You can look at the Eisenhower matrix and get a really good sense for it. The two by two that I use most often now is one where um, energy is on one axis. So this either sucks the life out of me, this work that I'm doing sucks the life out of me or gives me high energy. Conversations like this give me high energy. So energy on one axis. And then on the second axis, it's uh, impact. It does the, is the work having low impact on, on either self or others, depending on the perspective you want to use or high impact on self or others. Energy sucks the life out of me, gives me high energy, impact, low impact, high impact. And if I find myself doing work that sucks the life out of me, regardless of the kind of impact that it's having, then I need to find somebody else. It's kind of like Mr. Glass in uh, whatever the movie was with Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, Unbreakable. I need to find the anti-hero or the other person on the other side who, who gets energy out of that thing that sucks the life out of me. Some people getting into spreadsheets sucks the life out of them. Some people, they look at a spreadsheet and it's the most exciting thing in the entire world because they can put things together. So the cool thing about the energy and impact model two by two is the thing that sucks the life out of you likely gives energy to somebody else. And if you can partner with others who are, have an inverse wave, to yours, an energy wave to yours, you could actually create some really magical things and help your customers do things better and faster. So uh, energy and impact. And there's a couple of other ones that I get into around like prob- known problem, unknown problem, known solution, unknown solution. When we talk about go to market um, and level of effort. Uh, so two by two, a two by two helps has helped me shift my perspective when evaluating things to determine, am I actually doing work that I'm built for? Uh, am I doing meaningful work? Am I doing the right work? Or do I need to find somebody else to do that work and maybe refer out to them? So that two by twos have made a significant impact on me avoiding those ruts or being able, being comfortable with the decision making process of saying, Hey, now it's time to get out of the rut. And it's really good, especially if you know what your mission or your drive in life is and you, yeah. your core values, like what's your credo that you live by? And when you have that in place and then you apply this two by two, it, it I think it helps with the, the evaluation of the impact. Cause I mean, it's easy to tell if it's high energy, low energy, like, Oh gosh, this sucks. I got to go to work or, Oh, Hey, this is cool. Like, like for my podcast, it's like, uh, I got to write show notes. Now it's like, oh, I've got an AI that'll just kick it out for me and I just got to proofread. I can, I can proofread somebody else's work all day long. Uh, writing it myself from scratch is a challenge because then I get writer's block. I got to make it perfect, but I'm much more forgiving to somebody else like an AI. Um, and so that's easy, but yeah, that impact piece, like if you don't know what you stand for, that clarity of where you want to go in life, um, it, it, 
becomes a challenge of like, well, is this the thing that's going to be more impactful or is it this thing? And, you know, how do you discern between shiny object syndrome versus this is what really needs to happen? I think that's, that's really huge. And, um, you do some work around helping people find clarity in what they want to do in life. So, uh, what are some of the things you do to help them get there? Yeah. I, the, I, one of the key things that I do is I ask simple questions that are really hard to answer. That are thought provoking, <laughs> like the ones that where people will kind of step back and be like, "Oh, wow, that's help. That's making me think a bit differently about this. It's making me kind of organize things. It's it's actually helping me see that I'm actually overcomplicating things. So when you think about um, creating complex systems, how do you create complexity? So this is a question, how, Jerry. How do you create complexity? Oh man. Uh- Usually choosing a big, hairy, audacious goal and then just keep tacking on tasks and processes without really thinking about how they go together. Um, and so in the end, it's like, it's like a house that's been added onto since 1905. It's like you got the original 600 square foot home with yeah. its one bedroom and one bath. And, but now it's a 2000 square foot home and it's got three different types of flooring. Um, hallways galore, bedrooms that attach to other bedrooms and it just looks combobulated. Yeah. Right. And so then, so now you've created a system, a complex system that's kind of stacked on. You've got all these Lego blocks. And and the cool thing about Lego blocks is Lego blocks all fit together. If you get a Lego block, they're designed with the same kind of connection thing. So they all fit together. There's some design component to it. But when you think about complexity, if you, to create complexity, you add things to it. If I, if I think about a paper airplane, paper airplane has a couple of folds to it and it can move through time and space. You throw it, it moves through time and space. If I take one of those well, balsa wood airplanes that had a rubber band and a propeller, now it has more pieces. It's a bit more complex. It can move through time and space with a higher level of consistency, but there's more things that can break. I get into a radio controlled airplane. I start to add in complexity because I'm building an engine. I get into an ultralight that can actually hold a person. I've got more complexity. So I keep adding in these layers of complexity that ultimately do this, the thing that I want to do, which is move an object through time and space. So if I add complexity by move, adding layers, or if I create complexity by adding layers, well, how do I simplify? Well, I have to reduce those variables. I have to reduce layers. I have to get down to the base thing. And for me, it's let's reduce things down to the lowest common denominator, the smallest piece of thing, piece that we're working on so that we feel comfortable taking action. We feel comfortable defining what those next actions are. And then we take that next logical step and then start to get data from the thing that we're doing. We get feedback to determine, are we actually doing the right thing? Is it something that has impact? Is it something that gives me energy. So to get back to your question, it's creating clarity by asking questions, very simple questions that in many cases are hard to answer that help reduce additional variables, isolate for things so that we can actually say, you know, here's the work that needs to be done. If I, if my goal is to go and get eggs at the grocery store, um, yeah, I could write a list and say, and write out a map that shows where I'm going to go into the grocery store, or I could just get in the car and go to the grocery store. But ultimately, there's some kind of action that I need to take. And that action I need to take is I need to decide what I need. Um, 
I need to make sure that I get in the store. I need to make sure that I park in the parking lot. I need to make sure that I drive from my house to the store. I need to start the car. I need to walk out the door. Uh, Okay. My first thing I need to do is walk out the door, start the car, drive down the street, get in the parking lot. Like these, this design approach, clarity around design can apply to any goal that you're looking to achieve, whether it's a revenue goal inside your business, it's a financial goal inside your house, it's a fitness goal for yourself, it's a family goal relative to how we hang out with each other and spend more time and have more meaningful experiences. I found that the process is the same. It's a matter of giving people tools to determine clarity around the goal, clarity around the actions, clarity around the data that we'll look at to determine if the actions are working and then move on the path to actually getting those things done. Yeah. And, and creating a goal and objectives really is about thinking that, about the end in mind. You know, we, we tend yeah. to think, oh man, I, I don't want to write a goal. I don't want to write objectives. And it's like, seriously, what does the end result look like? You know, for my life and for beyond the rut, you know, the, the book, the podcast, my own personal life journey really truly was in a morbid way, me thinking about when I am dead, what will my life have looked like? What would I have wanted in my faith journey, my family life, my fitness levels, fitness priority, um, finances, uh, and just growth for the future? And then what would be the priority have been? Uh, what kind of relationships will I have wanted to have had? Uh, when it came to career, what kind of choices would I have made? What would have been the choices that I wish I had never made? Uh, all those things came together to create like my own personal life vision, um, and, and mission and credo. And, you know, like when I left my last job was reminding myself of this end in mind type of thing. And I realized I was at this crux where I could keep going to a job that has a great title good paycheck, great paycheck, actually, a uh, great bonus structure. I was kind of building a career slowly, but surely, but at what price it was going to cost me at least two areas of my five F's that meant a lot to me. And that was my own personal fitness and then my family connections. And, and it did not jive with that end in mind type of result. And, and so I love that you point that out, that clarity really does come from when it's over, what do you want it to look like, whether it's your life, your career, uh, a project. And, and so, yeah, spot on that it does apply to anything. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. And when you go through it, and this is there's going to be people who are listening. You're, you're listening out there and you're thinking, okay, this sounds really easy and simple. And yeah, okay, I ask a couple of questions. And I go through, you know, like, what problem am I solving for? Why is that important? Who's impacted by it? How am I trying? Why does the problem continue to persist? Who, how am I solving it for today? How might I solve for it differently? Like, there's a couple of these questions. And these questions all go around a hexagon framework that I've 
that I make available out there in you know a number of different places. It's a problem solving framework. the 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 thing the thing that everybody needs to remember is if it's the first time you're applying a tool, you're going to have a, it's going to be hard. <laughs> this is not going to be easy. It's 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 not going to work right away. Think about the first time you jumped on a bike and started riding a bike. Did you really ride the bike or did the bike ride you? And yeah. did you fall? <laughs> and like all of those things happen. So, but then after you, but what happened once you started doing it? Not when you read about how to ride a bike or you watched YouTube videos on how to ride a bike, but when you started doing it, you got feedback from the experience. You gained additional clarity and you said, oh, wow, that's kind of a fun thing to do. I want to do more of it. I'm drawn into it. Or if you play golf and you've never had fun playing golf, you might've looked at it and said, that's not something I want to do. I don't need to do more of it. It doesn't bring me, it doesn't bring me energy. So this is where you start to apply these tools, deconstruct things, apply tools and start to say, okay, how do I get myself to a point where I'm constantly taking action, evaluating that action to determine, is it getting me closer to the goal or not? And if that action isn't getting you closer to the goal and it isn't bringing you energy, then eliminate the action. You can fire the action and find something else to do because there's no shortage of quick fixes and tricks and all of those other things that people will tell you that you can do. The reality is... Um, None of them will work in isolation and none of them work if you just read about them. You have to go in and do the work and figure out what work works well for you. And that's a testing process. And I think if we I think one of our biggest challenges out there is we've not we become uncomfortable with testing. We think things should just happen fast. We think that there's an easy button to go through. There's three steps to getting better at whatever. You know, and the reality is you just have to take your own steps and you're gonna figure it out, but you won't figure it out reading a book and watching YouTube videos, you're, you'll figure it out with experience and feedback loops. Yes. Oh, huge. Uh, it's like you're combating uh, paralysis by analysis by just yeah. taking action. And I think it was Carrie Oberbrunner who once said on this show, uh, action brings clarity. Uh, yes. And I, every time I do take action, I get that clarity. I'm like, dang it, he was right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were talking before we hit record that, I, you know, just in two months, like two months ago, I developed this leadership framework that took the principles of servant leadership and put them into a very easy to remember um, acronym or acrostic tent. Uh, but that is the result of leaving my job, self-publishing a book based on the podcast, Beyond the Rut, um, and then trying to market the book and trying to get speaking engagements around the book. And as I talk to more people and I try to get more of that talk out there, it turns out what people wanted was, how do I lead my teams better so that I'm not having to do their job so that I can go to ho go home at a regular hour, a decent hour, and then spend more time with my family and, and continue this career path that I'm on as a leader. And so that led to tent, which led to what I was telling you that I have like this multi-day workshop built out and like I even yep. mapped it out. But what people are wanting because I took action to market it is they want to hear the tent story, you know, of, you know, I'm not even dig into the details and, and they want help creating their leadership credo. And I'm like, really? I got this whole like multi-day thing. Yeah, we got time for two to three hours and what we want is to we really do need to have this mindful leadership and a lot of us just don't know what we stand for as leaders. And I think this would be really great to have. And I'm like, okay, great, let's do this. And, but no, I would not have gotten to that point 
if it weren't for that step I took on October 7th, 2022 to leave my job. So that right. action leading to another piece of clarity. I love that. Yes. Now, um, let's see here. Man, it's hard to tell where we are in this episode because we've already been talking for 40 minutes before we hit record. So I'm like doing the math on the recording here and I'm like, I'm not ready to end this, but because y'all listening in, you, you just started listening to us. So <laughs> we can't wrap this up now. Uh, now, you got a show called Find My Catalyst. I've been a guest on it. Uh, tell us about uh, what listeners can expect when they listen to Find My Catalyst. Like, what kind of stories do you share by uh, talking with your guests? Yeah. So the big thing there is, uh, I think everybody, uh, well, so this is kind of the intro to it. We all have problems to solve. Um, we know that there are solutions out there, but we struggle with this. Well, why do we struggle with this? Where do we find that nudge, that catalyst to help us start doing meaningful work, start working towards solving those tough problems? And that's the intention behind the the show is to help people find their catalyst. So I will bring on folks like you authors. Um, I will bring on practitioners. I will bring on uh, high school football coaches. I will bring on marketers, salespeople. There, it, I will bring anybody on who has an interesting story, interesting perspective, an interesting set of experience around breaking through some really, really tough problems. Um, I've had uh, retired. Uh, you're one of the retired military, uh, one of the veterans that had on the show. We've had uh, folks like Dave Burke and Mike mm. Sorelli and Dan Bradley and yourself on the show uh, to share their experience in making a transition from the public sector into the private sector. So what you will find, you will find your catalyst. And if anybody is out there listening who is says, well, how, how are you going to do that? The thing I will challenge you to do is send me a question and we'll share contact information toward the end here, but send me a question around a problem that you're working through right now. And I will point you to an episode where we discussed how to work through that kind of a problem. And if we haven't discussed it, I will figure out how to bring somebody on so that we will uh, share that because I I don't think people should be stuck in this rut or stuck in this area of inaction, stuck in this area of unknowing. So by bringing on people with practical experience, we can leave them, leave people who listen to it with at least a question or a thing that they can start doing differently to help break through that problem that they're working on solving. That you know somebody else out there has already worked through it. You know, my favorite quote is the Marie Antoinette one, which is there's nothing new except what has been forgotten. Mm -hmm. Every problem that you're dealing with, somebody else has dealt with in one way, shape, or form. And in fact, you might know a lot of people in your network who are dealing with the same problem now. And if you had a conversation with them, you could actually work through those things together if we'd be more transparent with each other about um, you know, the challenges that we deal with on a on a on a daily life. Yeah. And I mean, when you think about the history of humanity, I mean, we're talking about thousands of years of people yeah. going through the same stuff just different um, connectivity to the internet, I guess you could say, for those who have only yep. known the internet. There there was a time before the internet, guys. Uh, now, I would say to you, listen to Mike's show for more than just like the, the episodes that pertain to your specific field. So like if you're an engineer, you don't have to just listen to the episodes where he talks to an engineer. Uh, you can get new insights by listening to uh, people outside of your normal arena, like healthcare really turned around the patient experience when they looked at what Walt Disney company was doing, you know, look at the Disney experience, look at, you know, what they do compared to other theme parks. And 
people push back. They're like, you know, hospitals are not theme parks. That's right. However, if you broke it down to the simplest thing, theme parks, specifically Walt Disney World and Disneyland, their cast members do things that make you feel at home, that make you feel safe, that make you feel cared for. And we're talking about the land of Mickey Mouse. If you take those same basic practices and apply them to hospitals, as a lot of hospitals have done, you basically provide a safe environment where the patients and their family members feel cared for, uh, where the cast members or the, the staff at the hospital feel cared for and they have a voice and they make a difference. But hospitals learn that by looking at the hospitality industry, not by looking at other hospitals. Um, I think one hospital that I know of that really influenced other hospitals, they were looking at um, safety in the surgical suites and they got their lessons from a Formula One pit crew. And it was like, what? It was just like, you know, they, they had their way of going about surgery and they had their people in the room, they had their setup. Uh, but then they also wanted to like reduce injuries and, you know, safety incidences. And they looked at what does a Formula One pit crew do when they just refuel a car like it's done in a matter of seconds. Yeah. <laughs> what would take you and I maybe an hour to change the tires, check the oil, refill the, the, the gas tank. They do in a couple of seconds, like tires off, tires on fuel tank is done. How did you do that? And they're off. Boom. Um, and, and it was just that level of coordination. So all that to say, listen to Mike's show, find my catalyst. Don't just listen to the people that are in your field. Listen to all the episodes, leave them a rating and review. And then uh, you've got a website you put up, findmycatalyst.com. And that's where people can sign up, get a clarity call. They could put a game plan together. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, the game plan, because that's that's got like a sports analogy to it. But there's a purpose behind it that helps people in their life and then in their business. Yeah. I want to hit on the point that you just made around this uh, how, where innovation comes from by taking lessons learned in other markets and then figuring out a way to apply them into our business. Is that we actually, we talked about that. Doug, and I forget Doug's last name. The story that we talked about there was in America's Cup. Uh, and if anybody's not familiar with America's Cup racing, this is a, a sailboat race and they're, you know, you're dealing with multi-million dollar boats. It's been a while since I've watched the America's Cup. I don't even know who has the America's Cup anymore, but there was a period of time where we won over and over and over again. So the cup, we've got this cup, America's Cup, it's boat racing. Uh, I think it was the Oracle team. There was a, they brought in somebody from the outside to join the team. And the person on the outside had a, a background in um, riding bicycles. And as he's there on the boat, everybody's hand cranking cranks to get the sails up. He said, why do we use our hands? It's the same mechanism. What if we used our feet? What if we used our legs? Now you start talking about power. This is innovation that happened in an instant inside an environment where they needed someone to think a little bit differently, apply concepts from other areas and use that to drive change inside that group. So that is the underlying tone or the secret behind the broader podcast is when you bring people in who have a level of expertise, they will help you think differently about the work that you do. You can start applying it, whether you're it's a high school football coach talking about leadership and building teams, or it's uh, a sales and marketing person coming in and talking about go to market. Now, so thanks for noticing that. And it's that underlying theme. Uh, thanks for pulling it out. The, the whole thing around the, uh, around the website, and we've gone through a rebrand 
the new name of the company is Catalyst X, and the uh, website is Find My Catalyst. And it's to help people find their catalyst, starting with goal setting and execution all around. Uh, game plan framework that I have around goal setting and execution, goal setting and execution through clarity and focus, identifying your goals, the actions that you organize that you'll do to get toward it, and then metrics that you'll use to hold yourself accountable and the work accountable. And the intention is to help people simplify that process of achieving results. And there's a goal setting and execution course that's there. You can book a call with me to go through the uh, the coaching uh, coaching process, and I'll help you with this because I know some of this stuff is is really hard to do, and it feels it's good when you can have a guide uh, to work with you on it. The whole model is yes, there's a sports orient component to it. But there's also a board game component to it. We're all playing a game, whether we've competed in sports. I played hockey as a little kid growing up and then football in high school and play golf. Now I highly competitive. I like sports. There are some people who say, well, I'm not competitive. I don't do anything in sports. The reality is if you competed in band or you competed in theater or you are play board games like monopoly, you are familiar with what games look like. And what we can do is we can apply a lot of tools and techniques and design and thinking to make this game of life um, uh, more simple and more actionable and get on the path to achieving the results that we want. So that's the whole theme behind Find My Catalyst, the game plan, and a number of the tools uh, that uh, designed to make available to folks. I love that. And uh, before we go, though, uh, any final words of wisdom for those listening in? You're not alone. Um, when you ask people for help, you realize that others around you will have a story that uh, may relate to yours uh, or know somebody who has a story that may, may relate to your yours. So don't ever go through a period of time where you feel like you're alone and you're the only one who's dealing with someone or something, someone or something. Everybody is dealing with something that some battle that nobody knows about. And it, it's, it sounds cliche when you hear it and people say, yes, okay, well, I get it. Everybody has a battle that they're dealing with. You know, it could be um, uh, an accident that happened with the car last week or a breakdown with the car, or I just, you know, I, that something happened with the dog, whatever, whatever it is, you just know that you're not alone. And when you ask people, when you are open with the people in your network and you ask for help and you share the challenges that you're working with, someone in your network will help you connect with the person who can help you. So um, you're not alone. Ask for help. People want to help out there. That's one of the cool things about being humans. I, it's rare to come across a human being that doesn't at, at their core want to help you. Uh, and uh, you surround yourself with those kind of human beings. Good things can happen. So uh, you're not alone. That would be my word of wisdom. Love that, Mike. I'm glad we were able to get on here on a Saturday morning to record. Uh, of course, you're probably not listening to this on a Saturday morning. That's okay. Uh, hopefully, I just messed up your sense of time and calendar and all that good stuff. Mike, I'll see you in the next Phoenix Club, of course. And uh, always great to chat with you. Always great to chat with you. Jerry, thanks for having me on. Thanks, to everybody, for listening. Wow. Hey, guys, I hope you got a lot out of that conversation like I did. Well, I know I got a lot out of it because I also had a previous conversation with him before we hit the record button. So I got a lot of bonus content that was just for me. Uh, and Mike is a great guy. He's got a heart for helping people succeed. And I'm excited to see that his company is doing just that. 
Now, if you want to learn more about this episode, check out the show notes as well as share the show notes. Go to beyondtherut.com slash 394. There you'll find links to related episodes, how to get in touch with Mike, and so much more. Now, I'm glad you joined me for this episode, and I'm looking forward to you joining me again on the next one. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showvian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.